0: Today, in episode 56, we're talking to Shelby, a current first-year PA student. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Hey, 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 guys. Savannah here. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 56 and yeah i think it's gonna be a good one for you guys and i hope everyone has had a wonderful week i don't know about you but my week has felt a little bit long one of those where wednesday felt like it should be thursday and then i got all thrown off but thankfully today is friday so thank you for spending your friday with me but you're also going to be spending it with shelby So, surprise, surprise, I met Shelby on Instagram, and we've never met in real life, but she is awesome. Seriously, one of the sweetest people, and that's just from what I know talking to her on social media and things that she's contributed in the Facebook group, the Pre-PA Club, and just, she's so, so nice, and you'll hear that in her interview. Um, She also has a really interesting story about how she came to become a PA student. And she shared some blog posts before I'll link to those in the description so you can check them out but I'm really really excited to share this interview with you guys we've had a lot of PAs lately and sometimes I think it's good to hear that perspective of a PA student which is where you hope to be someday soon Um, but she shares a lot of really great advice anyway this episode is sponsored by MyPA Resource, who, with myself and the PA platform, is now partnered with the AAPA, which we are so, so excited about. Um, you can use the code PREPACLUB on either of our sites, MyPA Resource or the PA platform, for a discount. MyPA Resource edits personal statements specifically for PA school only by PA editors. Um, And then on the PA platform, we offer mock interviews and pre-PA assessments. And you can also use that code on the PA school interview guide. And that's also available on Amazon if you want quicker free shipping. Um, There's free shipping on the website too. But anyway, just some options for you guys. And then if you do join AAPA, the discounts you're going to get through them are even a little bit better than those because they have exclusive discounts. So check that out under their pre-PA section, and if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on Instagram, email, whatever, just let us know. All right, let's jump into our interview with Shelby. So my name
1: is Shelby Subri. I am a first-year PA student at MCPHS in Manchester. I am originally from the West Coast, and before PA school, I got my master's in biomedical science. And I currently live out here with my dog Buster, who is a blessing. (laughs) And um, it's been a little long journey for me. Um, I am 28, so it's been a little bit older than a lot of my classmates. But
0: um, it's very humbling, and I'm
1: very excited to be part of this profession.
0: Well, I'm 28 too. i I don't know if you get this on instagram but people always want to know how old i am and they're never right but (laughs) it's okay um well you said it's been a long road to get there tell me more about that was that in your decision making or once you made your decision just kind of getting the steps done to get there
1: a little of both um so i no one in my family is like is really like educating the medical profession at all. Um, so like I was a first generation student. Um, so I went to college, like my mom went through a couple divorces before I like graduated high school and stuff. So um when I went to college, I went to community college first, and then I just kinda went to the neighboring um town for or the same town, but like to get my undergrad. And I originally thought like I'd always thought, like, nurse and doctor, like, I really wasn't, like, PA wasn't kind of in my field yet, and then my grandma had mentioned a couple times that she loved her PA that she went to, and she's like, you need to check this out, like, she's so smart, like, blah, 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 and I kind of had, like, thought about that, but our health professions advisor was awful, like, really, really bad, um, she told me, like, I was too stupid, and she was just, like, really mean and didn't have the right direction, they are basically like, it's the same prereqs as med school, and I'm like, that's right. Nope. Um, so I just kind of like went on. I've struggled a lot in undergrad. Um, I had no assistance. So I worked, I worked full time, taking full classes. So my grades kind of suffered. Um, and I didn't realize you had to have like healthcare experience to go into PA school. Like that was not on my radar yet because nobody had really talked to me about that. Um, so I'd always like waitress and stuff like that. Um, and then finally, I think my see I think' in my junior senior year, I was like, I need to get a job at the hospital, but I don't have time to go get like a specific job. So I went and just got a job as a um, working in the nutrition department. and then, when I graduated, I took uh, like two and a two-and-a-half-week course to get a CNA, which was great, worked for a couple months, and then I got, got hired on at the hospital as a CNA, which was fantastic because like my boss was like, you have to hire her. She's great. Um, so from then, I like really had a kind of backpedal, I guess is the best way to say it, because I had a bad GPA. I was behind the curveball with like healthcare experience. I had a ton of volunteering stuff and shadowing like I'd started that already but so then I kind of had to work really hard to take classes post back. um I got, gained a ton of healthcare experience in a short amount of time I worked like two or three jobs and then I knew that like I wasn't I needed something to really boost myself so I applied for a master's degree um all over the country just a couple different places and I knew like it would expand my options like there's always always have a plan b <laughs> I always say so I knew that if I could teach or I could um, do research or something else in order to kind of supplement my education, and kind of like made me stand out. And so that's what I did. And like, I, I wasn't like, a, oh, I'm just going to do this. Like, I knew that I could be useful regardless. Like, there's nothing wrong with being more educated. Um, and then I knew, like, I was going to apply to PA school. And when I did, I applied broadly because I was willing to go and start school as soon as possible. Um, and so I just applied all over. Cause I know some people are restricted for specific reasons, but if you're not restricted, like apply everywhere because you're going to, if you only apply to two schools, that's only two options. Like, and if they're not the right fit, then it kind of sucks in the end. But if you apply globally, if you can afford that, it's, it's definitely opens more options for you and decide like, if you think that school is a good fit too, because sometimes the school isn't always a good fit for you.
0: So. Oh, you said so many good things in there. <laughs> um, so one thing, we're gonna talk about your application process a little bit more. But one thing that I liked is you talked about with getting an advanced degree that you you plan to use it if you needed to, because Absolutely. that's one thing that I feel like people email: Should I get this post back? Should I go to get my master's of public health? And um things like that. And one of our coaches, Nan, she has her master's of public health and actually used it for a little while. And that was something that she recommends too. like, get a degree if you need it or if it's going to help your yeah. GPA, but only if you would be okay using it because you don't just need to do it to do it. So oh, yeah, I like totally. that you said that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause um, that's why like when people are saying like, what do I major? in?" like, that's always been a lot of big questions. Like even when I was that age, like a lot younger, like what do I major? in?" it's like, in the end like you should major in something that you're passionate about like you're going to do better in your classes you're going to enjoy the experience more if you do take if you're like i really love psychology take psychology like go for it but then you know take those other classes you have to because then you can like if you have, like, a, a load that's, like, you really enjoy and then you're like, oh, I just really don't like chemistry, that's only one class you have to, like, really work hard on versus the other ones where it just comes more naturally. And so I – and that's my opinion is, like, always, like, do something you're really passionate about because you're more invested in it naturally. So that's,
0: that's why – Yeah, that's my exact response about majors too. So yeah, on the same page for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as your application process – Tell me more about that, like, how many schools, you said you applied broadly, which is great. Um, yeah. How many schools did you apply to? What were the outcomes? That type of thing.
1: Yeah. So, um, I, the one thing that was, I definitely really hindered me was when I, I started my master's degree in 2014. And um, I've had long-standing issues with migraines, like, that's always been a problem with me. Um, but it got to the point where they were debilitating, and completely debilitating, like I could not get out of my bedroom, I had the lights on, I took tons of medications, nothing seemed to work, um, and I ended up just not doing well in my classes, like which was frustrating because I still went to office hours, like all that, like I went to tutoring, nothing was helping, I was just so like, I couldn't even focus. So I had to take a leave of absence. Um, And because of that, unfortunately, I took it a little bit later than I should have, and I got WS on my transcript for my first semester of grad school, which really sucked. Um, Because those wouldn't be your
0: CASPA calculations, yeah? Yes. So that's the reason why
1: I go back to the, like, um, how many schools I applied to the outcomes. Because of that, um, I didn't realize, like, I thought a WF would just be a W. Mm -hmm. But it isn't. Um, It's a failing, um, which really sucks because I... Next year, when I came back, I got like all A's in those classes. I think got A minuses, but like I got all A's in those classes. So clearly, it was not the fact that I was not intelligent or not hardworking. It was the fact that my my help was just really deterring me from being focused and like doing a good job. Um, And I continued to do very well in my master's degree. I was definitely like um, three eight three nine something like that for the GPA. Um, But so I applied to twelve I think twelve schools, and I when I got the like CASPA back, I, my, my GPA was less than the minimums for all the schools I applied to. And so I had a complete panic attack. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God.
0: That, that happens to so many people. It's
1: And it was frustrating because I had done so well in my postdoc classes. I had done so well in my master's degree. It was that it just calculated my grad GPA so much lower because of the withdrawal failings. Um, so I went into panic mode and I was like, what do I need to do? I have to make some sort of like something to do I need to do something so I decided to write a letter of intent to every single school and I said look like this is not the correct representation of my application I've got this is my GPA this is my research project like these are my stats blah blah blah. and some people were really responsive and were like great we'll add that to your application other people were like we don't care like you made the mistake like your GPA is just not cutting the minimum Blah, blah blah so then because of that I knew that like my I was prepared, I think regardless of who you are, you should always prepare to not get accepted. Mm-hmm. I think you should always continue, like keep getting those healthcare hours, keep getting those GPA boosts, all that stuff. Like don't stop just because like, you're like feeling confident you're gonna get in, you never know. Um, so I wrote a letter of intent, and then I got denied from, I think initially like a bunch, of like probably over half of them initially, still got denied. And then finally in, I think October, is when I got my first interview, um, and I interviewed out in Connecticut, and then um, I, I don't think I heard back from that school, I can't remember, but then I got my second interview, which was which was a school that I actually am attending, and that interview didn't even happen until January of 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, 2017, I believe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I got accepted and then it took like it basically a full, over a, about a full year before we actually started because of the timing of their program. They kind of like you kind of have to wait a while before you actually start because their pro, the program only starts every January. So okay. But yeah. So I did did apply really broadly, but I definitely know that my cumulative GPA really hindered me from getting interviews to all those schools cuz I mean Besides that my application was pretty strong that just really totally took a hit and I know that my school calculated the uh prereq GPA and so my prereq GPA was like almost a 4.0 so I think that really saved
0: me too it
1: was like helped out cuz like then they saw like oh look you can do really well in these prereq classes like you know you obviously have done a lot of work since then
0: Interesting so but you still got in your first application cycle Yes, is that correct? Okay, so yeah. that's impressive. I mean, yes, yeah. that's a feat yeah, in itself.
1: Is. And that's why I totally recommend like applying broadly because you never know. Like, I would have loved to go to some of those other schools I applied to. Like, I love a lot of the the, the philosophies behind some of these other schools, but they just didn't they didn't see me as a competitive applicant. And the first school I interviewed with, I actually didn't like it. Like, honestly, it was like I was almost cried because I was like, I hope I don't get it in here because oh, no. I just don't think I can do it. And that's the thing—is like doesn't mean that's a bad program. It's just it wasn't the right fit for me. And you have to know that because you could have only like that's why I say you only applied to three schools and you have an interview at one and you hated it. Are you going to accept it even though you had a really bad vibe from it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to. It's it's hard. Like I know, like that's a hard decision to
0: make. And I wasn't. I was very grateful I did have a second option. So that's awesome. So did you address grades at all in your personal statement? Yes. Okay. I did. Um, I had uh, by
1: the my uh, the PA um, my PA resource. I oh, had you had them edit. edit. Okay. Yeah, I had to edit my essay. Um, I did have. I think it's really important to get it edited. Like I think you should start early and you should get it edited by multiple people. I think you don't have to use an editing service, but I do think by at least having somebody is in the professional field, like a PA or an MD or somebody who has gone through that process I think is important and has a good vocabulary and like academic sense I think that's really important and also like I had somebody who knew me well like read it too so does it reflect me academically does the writing sound good but also does it reflect like who I am and like in a positive light I think that's really important but I I did talk about my GPA and how like yeah, it wasn't the best, but I like made up for it by a ton of patient care hours and I volunteer hours and like, all this other stuff. Like, it wasn't it wasn't my best, but I know that I'm capable of more. Okay, did it come up in interviews at all either? Um, it did for. I had a semester where um, in undergrad it was kind of funny. <laughs> I like, um, I didn't always associate the dates. Like I, I mentioned this, um, the other day when I was on Facebook and on one of the groups and someone I said read over your CASPA like that's my best advice before an interview is read over your CASPA because if you apply in you know march or wherever or when it may or whatever it is and then you don't get an interview till, like november you haven't seen that application in like six months or so so do you remember all the details i mean if you don't have a whole lot of your application that's different but I have a lot and so um so one of the interviews was like so uh tell me about september uh, or spring of 2011 and i just like i was just like <laughs> why like I just was taken aback by that because I, I couldn't remember like why those classes I took during that specific spring of 11 and then I was like oh okay what classes did I take then And I was like oh, okay like this real this event happened like blah blah blah, and so like then that was a really bad semester for me but I had um, a family member that had a lot of health conditions and was really sick and I was taking them to the hospital all the time and like doctor's appointments and they almost they had almost a um a sentinel event so that was really scary and I had a lot going on and I was also taking like 16 like 16 or 18 credits and stuff like that so um but it was just kind of funny because I was like I was taken back by that but they did yeah they did ask about my GPA but they also asked about like grad school like how was grad school like you did really well let's
0: talk about that so okay cool I was just curious um (laughs) So now that you're in PA school and you said you've just finished your second semester? Yes. I did. So exciting. Okay. What how's that been? I mean, just compared to I guess undergrad and a masters program, I mean, do you feel like that prepared you well or? Um, I think that
1: grad school definitely prepared me well for just the the strenuousness I guess of it because a lot of my classmates were fresh out of undergrad which is there's not a problem with that but they were just more floored at like the pace yes they were floored at the volume they were floored at like how many exams we had or whatever like all that kind of just like took them back and to me I was like (laughs) like not to like boast but like my grad program was way more strenuous there was way more exams it was faster turnover like much more intense, I felt, because um, we we're on a quarter system, and so mm-hmm. we're on a semester system here. So it's a lot different, um, and like the the program that I'm in is, it's like we have a half day at least every semester. Um, like fall semester we have two half days like spring we basically have two or three half days um, and the classes are usually 8 30 and 3 30 like it's really not that long day. It's like you have a lot of free time which was something I was not expecting like I know there's other programs where they're in class from 8 to 8 <laughs> you know like they're taking night exam there t- they have labs late at night they have to do things in the evenings and stuff like that and, our program just doesn't do that. Um, so I think that is quite a blessing because um, you do have a lot of free time and we have a lot of breaks. Like we have nine weeks off cumulatively throughout the year, which is quite a bit. Um, but I do think, like, having, like, I took in my master's degree, I took the same physiology class with the PA
0: students. Like, I already knew kind of what the expectation was, which was pretty cool okay so we actually had two half days in my program too during didactic and yeah. they were like they were like we'll give you these half days but we could take them away so like they're still technically ours like we could add a lecture but they really yeah. did um yeah. so yeah but it was <laughs> sorry i have a loud baby right now um but yeah so we kind of had the same thing yeah um,
1: i feel like are still like you said they're still their days like in New England, there's a lot of holidays. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, there's Patriots Day as a holiday. Okay. I've never even heard of that holiday. When's right? that? Yeah, so, like, there's a lot of holidays. So, like, if we miss a Monday, we have to make it up later in the week somehow. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's pretty nice.
0: Gotcha. Um, is PA school, I guess, different than what you expected? Um, I think the hardest part really
1: is the outside school life. I think that's definitely the hardest. I mean, majority of my classmates are from New England, like okay. a good chunk of them are from New England. So a lot of them have friends and family here and they they complain sometimes like, oh, like I don't see my family. I'm like, but you do look like, if you wanted to, you really could. I was like, and that is a blessing. I think people kind of like take it, like take for granted that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I want to go see my family, I have to pay for like a three, $400 plane ticket mm-hmm. And find housing for my dog and stuff like that while I travel. So it's it's definitely different. Um, this part of the country is very different than West Coast. <laughs> um, and then a lot of my classmates are a lot younger than I am. Um, and they just have, like, kind of a different personality traits than I do. Um, I am our SAPA president, um, oh, cool. surprisingly. <laughs> um, and so that's been, that's been pretty – that's been okay. Um, but I just – it's a lot, it's a lot different. I just expected, I guess, more of a communal feel, and I just don't really get that. Um, and I know, I mean, it could be a lot, affect a lot of things, but it's definitely, it's really different. Okay, how big is your class? <laughs> um, so, technically, it's kind of weird. So, our program is distant education. Um, I know there's a couple programs across the country like this, but they're not very common. Mm-mm. But so, we have, The Worcester campus in Massachusetts is our distant education campus and we literally do everything except for labs all together. So, um, like for example, our pharmacology course is like ninety percent taught by Worcester. Um, so we're constantly just watching them on the T (laughs) V.
0: Okay, so you're in class, but technically I guess it's kind of like an online class.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, so you sit there and there's a TV in the front of the room, and you have audio and everything, but they lecture from a distant education from the Worcester campus, and then um, we have then vice versa for them, they'll sit and listen to our faculty as they are distant educated. Um, so that's definitely a little different, um, but so we're technically all the same cohort. But we are due, due to some things with Manchester versus Worcester. Um, so we did have, I believe, 55 students, but we're down to 50 now. Um, so we have 50 students in, in the Manchester campus. And I don't know the exact number of Worcester, but I know they started
0: around 60 students. Okay. so That's interesting. We started with 44 and I think ended up with forty. Maybe forty two, we lost two. Yeah, maybe, maybe more than that actually. Maybe we end up with forty. Maybe we end up with forty. Yeah, and it's I always tell people, like one thing you would we're talking about with location and like if you don't feel like it's a good fit, don't go there. um yeah. Every PA school class, I feel like loses people. Whether it's obviously like not being able to perform academically is a big part of that, but also just people get there and they aren't happy and they leave. Like, and you think, why would anyone ever do that? They work so hard to get there, but it's a huge problem. So.
1: Yeah. yeah, I know. And I mean, we had people leave for different reasons. Um, Some were more like medical or emotional or like whatever. Some were academics. They just weren't performing properly. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I would say, like, that's like, when, like me choosing to take a leave of absence from my master's degree was the best decision for me. Like, yeah, it kind of hindered me getting into PA school, but I also did was very successful and it helped me grow a lot from that experience because it was tough. I mean, I had people that were very mean to me when I came back from school. They they had no idea. Nobody had any idea why I left. So the second years were like, oh, she was too stupid and she couldn't handle it or like just like all this like drama. And they didn't even understand that it, it wasn't I it wasn't dumb. Like I just. I needed a break. I needed to figure out and take my health as a priority, and so um, I'm blessed that I don't like I exercise for me is a huge priority. And I said that in my interviews, I told people like, you know, I'm to me like finding somewhere that has a gym that's close by is a, is a priority for me. Like knowing that I can be outside and like go get a workout in is important because that's what keeps my migraines away. And to this day, I don't have that many. <laughs> I don't take <laughs> medications, which is awesome. Like I don't. I would like to live, like, that kind of lifestyle. I don't have to be tied down to medications and be suffering, so.
0: Well, and it's, it is, it takes maturity and humbling yourself to step back and say, I need to take a break, and that's better than just, if you're doing something that's not working, and you keep doing it, you're going to end up with bad grades, and those are going to affect you, and, Mm -hmm. I mean... Like you gotta fix the problem, so it sounds like you did that. So good job! (laughs) It it got you where you're at. Um, And so you you're in didactic now. We'll have to check back in once you're on clinicals, and then as a PA and see where you end up. Do you know kind of what you want to do? Do you have any thoughts there?
1: I do. Um, so we get, we have nine rotations and one of them is med two. So that is, has to be, you know, within the medical field. So it can't be like orthopedic surgery, but it has to be like cardiology or urology or whatnot. Um, and so I'm picking adult oncology for that. Um, and hopefully I get it. There's no guarantee. I have to actually apply for that specific rotation. Um, and then the other one is our elective and I would like to do critical care medicine. Okay, so, so you're picking some some heavy hitters yeah. there. <laughs> yes, I love high acuity. I love it so much. Um, but I also have an interest in like other things, like dermatology. I think is awesome. Like, I that's one career. Like, I know, like I love that you do it, and I love all. Yeah. I, have, I follow so many derm PAs. Um, but like, I think that for me, I want initially. I like kind of the want to be the hard hitter. Um, I want to get like deep in medicine and be like kind of more of that like excitement. Um, and definitely like a lot like later in life, I think I'd be more comfortable like settling down a little bit more and have like a more like nine to five kind of schedule kind of thing. But for me initially, like I love the hospital. I love like running on the hallways and like feeling like, oh, like, is a patient going to code or like figure out their medicine? like, okay, like, what do I need to avoid? What's going to do they have renal, bad renal function, Do they have bad liver function, like all that I think is really exciting, because it's just so complex, and you really have to be a good problem solver
0: yeah i love the or like that was that was my area that was just like this is awesome Um, i'm very nervous for surgery that's the one i'm not like i'm a little nervous for really oh i loved it i actually did um a sur or not surgery well i did but a rotation my surgery rotation with a breast surgeon yeah i remember Um, you
1: saying that yeah yeah and
0: so that was kind of my first introduction really to like oncology because basically all he did was breast cancer And um, I loved it. Like, it sounds weird to say, like, I loved cancer. But, like, I just loved going through that process with the patients. um, Oh, yeah. Because you get to know them. And, I mean, there's a lot of hand-holding and support. But, I mean, I just learned so much about patient care and how to, like, empathize and sympathize with them and just support them through that decision-making process. Absolutely. Um, And I think one thing I've found is, like, no matter what field of medicine you're in, you're going to deal with oncology patients whether it's like in derm i mean obviously we have a lot of skin cancer some of them aren't that intense but people still get really scared i mean oh yeah to me a basal cell usually isn't that big a deal i mean we cut it out we're good but when i tell someone that i mean they just hear the word cancer and freak out so oh, yeah. um then we have melanoma which is a whole nother story but i'm seeing a lot of patients too who have just histories of cancer, and um, a lady with a history of breast cancer who gets a new spot on her breast, and to her that's terrifying because of what she's already been through. Um, so it's nice to be able to kind of, I've, I've had that experience and I can help them through it, but also being able to kind of give good news sometimes too. But Oh, I yeah. think no matter what part of medicine you're in, like, you're going to deal with oncology, so. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, because, I mean, you could even, like, with derm, it's, like, they have radiation mm-hmm. damage that you're seeing on their skin, Yeah. or, you know, then they go to see an orthopedist, and they're, like, oh, I can't really move my shoulder because of the radiation I've had, and, like, all that, like, it just, it kind of goes across everything, but, I have a lot of experience with oncology. Like I worked in a oncology I worked on an oncology unit as a CNA. I my my research is in oncology. I, I, I volunteered for a pediatric oncology camp. Like I just have a lot of interest in it. And I think it's great and um, I definitely have my desires, but who knows, like clinically you're supposed to keep your eyes wide open. Um, so and I'm definitely gonna do that. Yeah,
0: well I'm I'm excited to see where you end up. Um, what would be your, your advice for someone who's considering PA school, but isn't sure about it? Um, that's
1: a great question. I,
0: the one thing I did that I think was really important is I
1: shadowed all different medical professions. I think that's really important. Like shadowing, I think is very vital, um, be for multiple reasons, but like I shadowed ultrasound I shadowed respiratory therapist I shadowed a position I mean I worked with nurses so I kind of knew their scope of practice I like, call that because if you don't like ask the right questions and if you don't kind of see what their day-to-day life is and like ask them like what did it take to get to that stuff what is what do you like about your job what do you feel is kind of a something that's you do but you're not always most thrilled about like those kind of things because you don't know like PA school like if you know that you like being the boss you're probably not going to like being a PA. Like if you want to be the head honcho who makes all the decisions you're probably going to be unhappy with that. But if you value like a family and getting in and out of medicine and you're okay losing some autonomy and you want to have like different fields that you're really interested in um and like for me I'm very indecisive about like medicine like I I had a big very scared to become a physician because I was like what if I do all this training to become like an oncologist and then I realized like 10 years down the road that it just it's not the right fit for me anymore like I don't want to have to make like feel guilty or upset or anything like that like I wanted the lateral mobility because that was a huge advantage for me but you know you have to think about like pay shouldn't be something that's important, but we do get, like, PAs do get paid pretty well, but if you're looking to make, like, you know, $600,000 a year, like, you're probably not going to make that as a PA, like, that's probably not going to happen, but, um, yeah, I just think it's important to keep your eyes open for other fields, um, and also be aware that, like, there is, like, what exactly the scope is, like, there there is some restrictions, but there's also a lot of opportunities in the field, so...
0: Yeah, uh, that's great advice. And I would say the majority of people on here, like, start with shadow. Like, just get out there, like, see what it's about, ask questions. All of those things are so important. um, Yeah, and multiple specialties,
1: too. Like, you can't just shadow, like a family practice PA and think that's what they do Yeah. or you can't just do a surgical and that's what they do like you need to like explore other see all of them. People. yeah
0: no I agree yeah. um well tell us where we can find you I know I follow along on on Instagram <laughs> to see all of your cute pictures of your dog <laughs> yeah
1: yeah um my my um Instagram is student underscore Shelby um and there I have My email address is attached to there if if people want to email me. I also have a lot of guest blog posts. like I've been on yours. Yeah, I'll link to it Uh, for sure. I've been on a couple other ones before, which has been really great. But I'm always happy to answer questions or anything like that. Um, I'm not great about being on Facebook. (laughs) I usually just leave that for like updates and stuff. So I'm I'm not really on the groups for all that kind of stuff. But mostly Instagram. I think it's a pretty easy um, platform to use um, for sure. So...
0: Well, I'll make sure to link to your blog post and Instagram and all that so everyone can find you and continue to follow along. But, yeah. Um, Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your great advice. Thank you. So, I need to apologize for all the baby noises. (laughs) I actually forgot that my baby decided to bust into that session, too. So... Um, that was while I was on maternity leave that we recorded that. But I hope everyone enjoyed it and you can find Shelby on Instagram at student underscore Shelby and I will link to her blog post in the description so you can find that. But thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. Um, I do have that Q&A episode coming up pretty soon. So if you have a voicemail question you want to get in, um, send it. You can go to the website, thepaplatform.com slash podcast or look in the description and use the link there to go on and leave your question. Um, But we'll see you guys next week. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I would love a review. Um, Give us five stars and leave a comment so that other people can find it. All right, guys. See you next time.